Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We are rediscovering the ancient way here, and you can visit us online at pathtozion.com, where all of the audio episodes for the last 18 months or so are posted, archived all the way back to the beginning. You can visit us on YouTube. Type in Path to Zion or Path to Zion podcast and you will see the logo pop up, and um, you can visit us there. Not a lot of videos, but ones that are there. There are multiple five-part series on there. Um, most recently, the, the study on the four books, the four chapters, rather, in the book of Jonah, and it was days ago, I guess, six, five, six days ago, I recorded... Uh, let's see, five parts at 30 minutes apiece of a study of the book of Jonah through the lens of the church of 2020. And as I gave myself to make the connections between the prophet Jonah, his actions, his vantage point towards his generation in, in, spe- in specifics, towards the people of Nineveh, how God deals with his people, in this case the prophet, how God deals with those who are not his people, in this case the Ninevites. And I did some word studies, especially in chapter 3 and most of all in chapter 4, of the specifics within the plant growing to give Jonah shade. Sail, T-S-E-L in the Hebrew. Even though he had already built his own shelter and was sitting under the shade that it provided, the work of his own hands was insufficient. So God caused a plant to grow to bring him shade, and there Jonah for the first time was content. He was happy, some versions say. Which for this prophet was a real rare occurrence. And then God caused the worm. The worm is not just any worm, not just some random caterpillar that had no significance whatsoever. It was a crimson, red, scarlet worm. And this worm devours the plant, and there's much imagery within it for the church of this hour, primarily found in the the heart's posture of Jonah, the man of God now, In his stubborn, hard-hearted pride and arrogance and rebellion and his desire to see judgment executed on the rebellious people of Nineveh, God keeps extending mercy again and again and again to who needs it the most in this text, which ironically is not the rebellious, idolatrous ones, it's the prophet himself. The prophet of God to me, in the four chapters within the book of Jonah, is the greatest demonstration of God's patience, kindness, mercy towards man, found towards the prophet. And, of course, through the sweeping repentance that comes through all of the people of Nineveh, including the king who decrees, we will abase ourselves and we will hear the word of the Lord. Friends, the word of the Lord is awesome. It's awesome. And so I will just say, please consider watching this series. 
Watch 30 minutes every day or two. Spread it out if you need to. I understand life is busy. But listen, friends, you're probably watching something. You're probably watching something, right? Would you consider asking the Lord, is this something for us to watch? Is this something for us to do? Would you please consider asking that question? I believe, I am, I am thoroughly convinced that it is a message for the church of this hour who, admittedly, <laughs> we have to be open and honest. We have to say, yep, that's us. We've been arrogant. We've been finger-pointing. We've been crying out for the justice of the Lord to come and to come swiftly to all that oppose Him. And I'm saying that, yes, that is in the Scriptures as well. It's in the Psalms. It's in, it's in numerous accounts of God's judgment coming swiftly to the rebellious people of earth. In judgment. Yes, of course. And all I'm saying, and then we're going to move into today. All I'm saying, though, is can we not rightfully balance God's fullness on how He deals with mankind? Because as the, the crux of the whole series was the church loves to call down the judgment, wrath, and justice of God upon the evil, vile people of this earth who are running rampant in this hour amongst the chaos of this age. But all I'm saying is, what if we put the same amount of effort, what if the church used the same intensity to fast and pray and cry out for mercy to come to mankind. Mercy come. Mercy come. Just like with the people of Nineveh, maybe they will hear. Maybe they will repent. Maybe the Lord, as the scripture says clearly, maybe the Lord will relent and hold back his wrath that, that they deserve, that we deserve. It's a message the church has to hear. So, friend, at least, please, consider taking the time to see if that's what the Lord is saying to you, should you, in fact, be in the global church. So today, nothing too heavy today. I've been, man, I've been camped out in heaviness for weeks. So this morning, I don't intend to even get my Bible out. I'm driving anyway. I just want to encourage you, friend, to, to move, to do something. And then you say, oh gosh, Joel, again? That's all you do. <laughs> well, just, just bear with me. What things in your life are you just kind of stalled out in the actual doing? Serving, giving. What things do you just wish deep down inside you would just actually get to a place where it is actually becoming something instead of just, I wish I was, or I wish I could, or I know I should be doing XXX. What things in your life, even one isolated thing, what is in your life that, you know what, man, it's just time to get to that matter. It's time to serve in that capacity. 
It's time to give myself to that action, to that function, to that purpose, to that kingdom activity, to that person, to myself, for my wife, my children, my entire household. You know, it's just time for me to actually do it. I just want to encourage you today, friend, to do it. Make today the day that you move towards movement in whatever it is that's stirring in your heart. When you read the Bible, when you pray, or when you don't pray and you feel convicted that you're not praying, whatever your case, whatever your circumstance, just own up to it, be honest, and say, you know what? It's time for some things to begin to move. Maybe it's something that's very scary to you. Maybe it's a big endeavor. Maybe it's something that would make you look very foolish. Maybe it's something you're just wavering and unsure of entirely, and so you just want clarity before you move. Maybe it's something in the natural with your work. Location, geographically speaking. Maybe it's something to do with the people you gather with in fellowship. A church, a home group, a Bible study, a men's prayer group. Maybe there's just something brewing that God is pressing upon you to to shift in any direction towards or away from that you just can't mm, you just can't quite pull the trigger yet. But you know that you should. And this is what I'm speaking to, to be absolutely clear, to things in your life that you know that you know that you know you're to do or to change, to add or to remove. What things in your life fit that category? And if you don't know, wow, that's even worse. So let's just be honest. We should know the things that are being pressed into and upon us to get us to be provoked to movement towards kingdom matters, towards things that are waiting for us to do something. A brother spoke this last um, Saturday service at the church. Just for mere moments at the beginning of the service, he, he shared the Torah portion of the day, of the week. And just what he was sharing, I know it resounded with so many people like it did with me, just about movement, about moving towards the things of God in our life. That God will bring us opportunity, He will bring us people, He will bring us endless chances at different things that He desires by His own goodness that makes no sense, that he is waiting upon you, he's waiting upon me to actually carry out and usher in. That's how he functions. That is how God works. Yahweh has a council and he has human beings, regenerated men. I mean, let's get real hard right on the scripture, um, in the scriptural sense. He uses evil men to accomplish his will. He hardens the hearts of men throughout the word to accomplish His will. This age and the one that's to come is dependent upon you. It's dependent upon me. It's dependent upon our children. That's why I want to posture 
and position my son, who's only almost nine years old, I want him to be a kingdom young man. I want everything else in his life that I position him towards to be absolutely a distant second. Why? So that he knows from the very beginning his purpose. He's not here just to be a good godly boy with a successful business and and smart kids and a beautiful wife and a nice house going to church and reading his Bible once a week. That's not the goal. I want him to be a spirit man one day. I want him to be a, a young man that, that depends upon receiving the word of the Lord and communes with the eternal father who's intimately acquainted with him. And I want everything else, everything else, even things we do on our farm, things that we, we would call wholesome, valuable, instill good qualities in him, in any of us, Secondary. Secondary. To what? The movement of the kingdom. I don't want to be a family that just talks about all the things of the Bible and how awesome they are. Oh, man, that was cool when Daniel did this. Oh, man. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, boy. We don't really read stories like that like they're stories. I think it would be good for us to realize this is to be our story. This is to become our account, our testimony. Even reading Yeshua, it's not merely historical text. I'm not interested just in historically studying the God-man and things he accomplished. I want to insert myself into the peripateo of the Son, which is the walking as he walked. The physical walking on the earth. Things he did. Things he said. Miracles he performed. Wonders. Action. So this brother, uh, a few days back, he was talking about, just like I said, a, a simple challenge to move, to do our part, to do our role. So many people are afraid of good works, they're afraid of righteous deeds. Well, you can't, you know, your righteous deeds are filthy rags, so why bother? Well, we have to be mature people who say they're not worthless. It's just by comparison to the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God through the slain Lamb Yeshua Messiah, yes, they pale in comparison and cannot earn me salvation. There's a difference between something that's entirely worthless and of no good to purchase our salvation versus not having any purpose at all. This is towards earning our salvation. This is towards being accepted in the sight of Yahweh God in light of that specifically. Yes, no good, no use by comparison. And by precision according to the context. But that freezes up so many people that are in the in my past of, hey, you can't do anything. Are you sure the Spirit told you that? If the Spirit didn't tell you to give that man $10, man, you're in the flesh. You're in sin. Oh, gosh. Man, that would be a terrifying place to live. Crippling. 
Friends, it's time to do something. It's time to move. And he was talking about an automatic door. When you walk up to an automatic door, it has a sensor. And listen, this may be elementary in example and metaphor, but let's use it nonetheless. You had better get within the sensor's sensing, (laughs) the trigger, if you will, or you're not getting through. You have to move towards the doors and they'll open. It's really, it's metaphorically simple yet true nonetheless. Towards how I see the kingdom. There are things that God has ordained for you, for me, for any of us. Called according to his purpose. Entrusted with the eternal seed of the kingdom. Through the bloodline of last Adam, Yeshua, Messiah. We are in his lineage. The heritage of God. We are now his people. And we now carry, from my understanding, the way I see it and and share it is... From my understanding, I now am a carrier of the eternal seed. If Yeshua Messiah was the firstborn of many brethren, and I am now in him, I'm in him now. I've lost my identity into the Son. Am I not a carrier of the bloodline of last Adam? Am I not a carrier of the Son, of the godly seed? The same as the son. He was not the mere offspring of man. We don't have time to get into all that, but like, have you thought about that? I mean, like in in light of what I'm saying right here. And so this seed reality should cause us to move. It should cause us to go out in our heart's posture. Positioned to cast the seed. Positioned to look to perpetuate the kingdom because that is in fact how it's coming through us God is not going to drop a a bomb of regeneration from the sky the word of God the message of the kingdom the message of the gospel has been entrusted to men to pass on to perpetuate generation after generation. And church, let's just be honest. That's why the, that's why the church and this age, culture and, and as a whole, that's why it looks the way it does, friend. It's the church's fault. I wish that the church, as we already talked about, especially in the Jonah series, if the church would realize that the generation that she loathes and despises and says is the evil, godless people of earth, in America specifically, listen, friends, it's, <laughs> this generation is the offspring of Christian America. The Christian majority, the, the conservative right, <laughs> they don't like hearing that. I've seen men get infuriated at even considering that fact being true. It's the responsibility of Christian America of this generation of of Christian Americans who have just become atheistic Americans. Why? The church has not been moving. The church has not been advancing because we sit and we stare and we talk about the kingdom. But friends, how does it get built? How does something get built? 
How does something get established? If you are building a home, if you're doing a project on your home, you or someone else can draw up the best laid plans you can come up with, or a professional architect will draw up blueprints and they will present them to you. As intricate and, and advanced as you want them to be, with every possible feature that you could imagine and desire, or simple, whatever it is. So you have these best laid plans all laid out, and your friends come over and they look at them and they say, Man, those are some incredible plans. I've never seen blueprints like that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome house, isn't it? Well, you know, it's not a house, it's just plans. Oh, well, it's going to be awesome. And those friends come back over next month, and the plans are still sitting there on the table. Hey, brother, how's things going on your house? Uh, well, we haven't really, haven't really got to much yet. And they come back again. Two months later, the plans are just sitting out there. They say, man, is this, what's going on? Did you cancel your building project? Oh, no, we just, you know, I just haven't really had time to get to it. Well, I thought you had all these plans made to build this home. You get the, you get the metaphor. We don't have to take this any further. Friends, the plans of the kingdom mean little. And I'm preaching to myself right here. The plans of the kingdom don't mean much if we don't tend to doing them. If we don't carry them out. If we don't put our hands to the plow. And turn over the soil of our own hearts, our own lives, and get moving. To what? To prepare. And then get to building. Build, build, build. Establish something, church. So let's boil it down to you and me, shall we? I need to openly share who I am with others more than I do. Not just, well, you need to take a how to share your faith course, brother. You need to watch the latest video about how to evangelize. No, I don't. No, I don't. I already know what I need to do. I've already been given the blueprints. Friends, you probably have too. We've already been told what to do. We are the metaphor that I just shared about the blueprints sitting out and nothing being built. We already know what to do. We've been shown what to do. Now, are there people who don't know? Are there people? Probably yes. I want to be careful with my all-inclusiveness. Chances are very good that you know what to do. You just simply don't do it. That's true for me. Let's just be honest. Again, let's just be hard on ourselves and be honest. There's much to do. So friends, in closing, mark off some time and sit down and, and look inward. Who are you not going to with hope, purpose? Not just to evangelize them and check them off of your Sunday school challenge list. Or wait for the invite a friend to church day, which may not have anymore after all this virus business. You probably don't invite people to church anymore. 
You're just now meeting again, right? Maybe. There's not enough room. You've got to sit six feet away from one another. Come on, what foolishness, right? You can't sit next to each other. Less elbow bump. Ugh. Moving on. <laughs> a friend, a neighbor, a colleague at work. Someone with you at the store in line. Someone you look at and can't stand. And you judge and you say, man, look at that loser in your heart now. What about them? That was the story in that book of Jonah, friends. Is anyone too far? Who's too far? Who's too much? Who's too distant? No one. No one by our assessment anyway. Something to do, something to get rid of, man. Something to rid your life of. Media, pop culture, music, movies, television. Drinking, indulgence with food. Pleasures of life that's, that you know is waning, you know it's of no use, you know it's passing and has no, no value whatsoever. Yet you crave it. You desire it. You have to have it. Let those things go. Start with one. Start with one thing that you know that you know that you know God for days, weeks, months, or even perhaps years has been saying, you know what? Lay that down. You can have more of me if you lay it down and you want to and you want to and you want to, but you just can't seem to. Friend, today do it. Today do it. Maybe it's a relationship with someone. Maybe it's a, a hobby. Maybe it's yourself. Lay it down. Lay it down. Why? For more. More identity in the sun. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeshua was not playing around when he said that. That was no joke now. There was no example of like, yeah, I just kind of wish you would put some things to the side and just let me in your heart a little more. No way. When you crawl up into Messiah's side and you join in with his death, therefore, the scripture says, then you can join in his resurrection. The power of, of his resurrection is in the power within the death. So, friend, let's move today. Let's move. Let's do something that we've been holding back in restraint. Let's be a people of action. Let's be like Abraham that when something impossible came to him and Yahweh says, you know what? I'm giving you a clear instruction right here, right now. And he says, yes and amen. We're going up. Come on, son. We're going. Period. Just like the other day in our whiteboard teaching at our house, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Philip and spill, uh, to go to the chariot. And Philip, most versions say, he got up and ran. Friends, that's so simple, man. Our children can understand these things. Move. Run. So let's do it today. Let's be a church this is no cheesy slogan now. This is no pep rally message. 
Let's be a church of action. No. That's not, we don't, this doesn't need hyped up. This doesn't need hyped up. This is the simple calling of the Christ man. And I'm speaking to myself. Let's be people who move. Let's be a people of movement to advance the kingdom of God on earth now as it is in heaven. Visit us at pathtozion.com. Email us, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Listen, I want to say real quick, um, I, I said um, a little bit of a plea in my frustration when I was doing the video series the other day that we need help here. If you listen to this program, if it, you know, here's the old verbiage, if this program blesses you, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I could use some financial help. This has a cost. This costs us money. Is it worth it? You better believe it. Were you going to quit if you don't get the money? No way. But man, we could use some help. Two people within 24 hours contacted us and said, hey, I want to help. One said, I've got some equipment. The other one said, I'm sending you cash. Amen. Praise God, right? We can do these things. I do that for other people. Do you do that in your life? Let's just be free Let's go without something that we wish we had for ourselves that means absolutely nothing and give it away. And I'm not saying give it to me. I'm saying give it to anyone. Buy someone's groceries, man. Buy their dinner. Pay their electric bill for a month. Let's do something for one another. Let's be a living example of the blessings and the gifts of God that we ourselves have been given, right? So think on that. Most of all, share this program, please. Consider sharing the YouTube videos. Man, I'm telling you, the views change so differently when just one, two, or three people share them. Please consider helping us spread the word should you, in fact, feel in any way that this is what the Spirit is saying in this hour. Amen.